Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. How many of you have ever had something that you found or you discovered or you heard about or you put into practice or use or maybe you even purchased it and it just changed everything? Well, I asked my wife that question and um, she, she gave me a really interesting answer. First of all, let me just let you guys know that um, we, we've been married 28 years, right? Last weekend, 28 years, and we still go clubbing every Friday. It's called Sam's Club, but we go clubbing every Friday. And my wife, uh, if you go to Sam's Club, if you haven't done this yet, you need to, um, you, you, you need to discover this yourself. But, it, but they have this app that you download, and you just walk through the store, and you scan whatever it is you purchase so on the way out. They just scan it. You don't have to go through the line and do all that. And she said, that has changed everything. My answer for that was a little bit different. A few years ago, I put a, a lock on my front door that had a combination on it. So all I got to do is put the number in a lock. That, was, that changed everything for me because I lose my keys all the time. Maybe I shouldn't say I leave them I, I, or lose them. I leave them places all the time. And that, was, um, that, that sort of changed everything for me. I can just punch a number in, walk in, lock it on the way out. That may not seem real significant to you, but that sort of changed everything for me. It doesn't matter if I have my keys or not anymore. Um, but, but something even more significant than that, obviously, is something that you may discover or you may learn or you may get revelation on from God that just simply changes everything. And I was thinking about that, and I remember... Several, several years ago, I used to work at this facility. Now, it wasn't LifePoint Church at the time. And I was coming out of Bible school, and they had it set up for me for about six months to take over the youth ministry. And about three or four weeks before I graduated, they decided that they wanted someone married, and I wasn't married at that time, and uh, they wanted someone married in that position. So I either had four weeks to find someone to get married, or they wanted to hire someone else that was married. So that's why I married Pastor Diane real quick. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I didn't even know her at that time. Uh, so so they hired someone else, and they told me that they would hire me to sort of just do an intern and do some things. And really what happened was they hired me, they put me in, now it's not there now, but in the foyer, there used to be a little office back in the corner. They put me in that office, and honestly, they just didn't really give me anything to do. And so I sort of had to make a decision. I was going to find something to do, or I was just going to you know, sit there and bide my time. And, and I discovered a couple things in a cabinet in that office of uh, was really with some things that were just discarded that they didn't uh, have any use for. And one was a whole box full of, first of all, cassettes. Y'all know what cassettes are? How many have ever touched a real live cassette? You ever taken that pencil and done that with them? Anyway, so they used to have these things called cassettes for the younger generation. Um, that was before discs. Some of you don't even know what discs are, but... So anyways, this was old school, not quite as old school as an 8-track, but anyways, so there was a box full of cassettes, and they were all these leadership teachings by John Maxwell, and I just started overdosing on them. And the other thing that I found was, was a book or two on the favor of God, and I started to read it, uh, started to digest it, and it just really started changing my perspective um, at, at a really a, a younger age, starting off in ministry. And so I'm going to begin a brand new series this morning called Finding Favor. But I want to warn you, anytime we've ever taught on the favor of God, 
It has changed people's perspectives. It has changed people's income. It has changed people's opportunities. It's really one of those, it changes everything. And, and as you saw in, in church news, it's been a couple years, almost four years, looking back at my notes, since I've really said a lot about the favor of God. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm assuming what's going to happen is some real change begin to happen in your life over the next few weeks. And so I, I want to talk uh, about some, some things in this series about how... Uh, how we can attract the favor of God, how we can experience the favor of God, and how we can start to become favor-minded. So we're going to talk about some good things over the next few weeks. Here's, here's a, a verse I want to use as our text, Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read the first four verses to you. So obviously God is talking to you because it says, my what? My child. Do you know you're God's child? So he's talking to you. So if he's talking to you, guess what? We should be all ears and all, all, all of our receptors should be on high. Uh, our face should begin to be stirred. This, this uh, passage of scripture says, my child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store up my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Well, how many know you want to live many years? But if your, if your years aren't satisfying, may, may not be worth living. But when they are extended and they're satisfying, how many know that's a good thing? Verse 3, don't ever let loyalty or kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck. They'll be a, as a reminder and write them deep in your heart. If we do that, look what verse 4 says. Then, everyone say then, you will do what? Find favor. That's where the title of the series came from. You will find favor both with man and what? With God. And you'll earn a good reputation. The Bible is very clear that if we take, and King Solomon is reminding us here, if we will take the commands of God, root them down deep in our lives, and live by them, something we should expect is the favor of God to begin to manifest in our lives. So I would like to start off this series by making a favor declaration. I want you to repeat this after me. Say it with some faith. Ready? Here we go. I believe and declare. I, declare. I am deeply loved, greatly blessed, and highly favored. I am growing in favor with God and man. People are looking to bless me, even if they don't know why. Favor brings me increase. Restoration, Restoration. Recognition, recognition, unprecedented victory, unprecedented and, preferred treatment. and preferred treatment. I declare, I, declare. I am surrounded yes. by favor as a shield. Favor. It goes before me, goes with me, me, and follows me. And every time I recognize it, I will thank him for it. Now you might be saying, wow, that uh, never heard anything like that. Is that really something we can believe for? Absolutely. It's throughout the Bible. It's throughout the Bible. Here's my title for the next few moments. Favor changes everything. Favor changes everything. I'm a firm believer. Our heart and our mind has to be altered and changed. And I will tell you that if you have a lot of religion in your background, your brain and your heart's going to mess with you for four weeks. If you can get through that and over that, everything will change. Everything will change. But this has to happen. You ready? We're going to go right to it. Life point number one. When you seek God, you find him. 
When you seek God, you find him. I know what you're thinking, duh. But when you seek God, you find him. In the Old Testament, it it says it this way. If you diligently seek him, you will always find him. The New Testament says it a little bit this way. Um, If you knock, if you seek, if you ask, God's going to answer He's going to open the door. He's going to reveal it to you. If you seek, you find. If you knock, it will be open to you. It says that in the book of Matthew. Jesus said that. So there's this idea of really seeking God. Find him. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, God found me as a sinner and saved me. Yes. But in context, this is saying we need to continue to seek God, not just for salvation. You need to continue to seek God and revelation and his word and the character of God, the attributes of God, who God is, what God is like. We need to continue to seek him. And guess what? You will continue to find more and more revelation. You will continue to find more and more that you like about God. You will continue to find more and more to be excited about God. You will continue to find more and more to have faith in God about the more that you seek him. And really to seek him just means that you are consistently and consciously Focusing your attention on God. That's what diligent means. I am just on a consistent basis. Uh, I'm going to consistently, I'm going to consciously fix my attention, fix my focus on God. And I will guarantee you, as you consistently and consciously put your focus on God and put your heart on God, you're going to find things about God that will be different than religion told you. You're going to find things about God that will inspire you, will impact you. It, It will move you to faith. I'm not talking about finding religion, and I'm not talking about finding tradition, and I'm not talking about uh, finding things that were handed down sometimes and told us that weren't really accurate. I'm talking about really getting revelation. When you, find, when you seek God, you're going to find God. He's not hiding. He, uh, he wants to be found by you, but when you seek God, you're going to find revelation. I say it this way a lot of times. We need to come in here on Sundays, and not just Sundays, but Sunday through Saturday. We need to chase revelation. The Bible says this, my people are being destroyed because they lack revelation. You can love God, you can be on your way to heaven and have areas of destruction and lack in your life. Why? Because you don't have enough revelation on it. I have this personal issue I'll tell my wife and she has to coach me out of it sometimes. I'll get a little frustrated about things, especially spiritual things, and I'll say something like this, nobody told me that. I didn't grow up in a church where they preached that. That's why I'm so um, intense about this on a Sunday, because I want you to get everything that's in the Word of God. I don't want you to walk out of here without revelation, because if you have revelation, you will conquer every challenge. You, 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 you'll overcome every opposition. You really will, because the Word of God works. You work the Word, the Word of God will work in your life. Amen. Amen. So when you seek God, so it's understood that you and I should be seeking God. We should have this this mindset, this heart set that we're going to focus on a consistent, conscious basis. God, who are you? God, what does your word say? Because the Bible is a book of promises written for you. It's a book of answers. It's a book of wisdom. Do you know every problem, there's a wisdom solution to it? Every problem in your life, every problem in our nation, every problem in our communities, there's a, there is a wisdom solution. And the word of God is wisdom. 
The Bible said there's two types of wisdom. One is earthly. Actually, the Bible calls it demonic. There's a knowledge and wisdom on this earth, and the Bible calls it demonic. But then the Bible said there's a wisdom that's from on high. It's not like the wisdom that operates down here. It supersedes that. The only way you can come into contact with that is seek God, get revelation on that. So I just want to challenge you. Look at someone and say, I'm going to do it. Man, if you would seek God like you do Facebook approval, y'all would have it going on. Come on, if you, if you would seek God like you, like you do the news, if you would seek God like you do some of those things, come on, let, 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 I want to encourage you. Let's turn up our, 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 our seekers toward God. You, you will find him. You will find him. Well, you ready to keep building this? Go with me to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27. Look what it says. He who diligently does what? Seeks. He who diligently seeks good actually seeks God's what? Favor. If you're seeking good, I hope you're seeking good. Some people are stuck in a rut and all they do is seek bad. You ever been around? Don't look around. They're not in here. But you ever been around that person? Everything is negative. Everything is bad. They're always looking for what? The negative, the bad. But the Bible says if you're seeking it, if your heart is set on the good things, if your consciousness is focused on the good things, if your heart and mind is set on the good things, you're going to find what? God's favor. Look what it goes on. It says, but if, if you keep searching after evil, it's going to come on you. So I want to encourage you. I'll talk a little bit more about this next week. But just let me throw this out there. We need to become, I'll tell you how to do this next week. We need to become more god or let me say this, we need to become more favor-minded than we are failure-minded. Favor-minded more than we are sin-conscious. Favor-conscious, not sin-conscious. Some, some of you have become so sin-conscious in what you aren't and your failures and all of that that it's hard finding the favor of God. We have to become more God-is-good-conscious. We've got to become more God-favor-conscious. I'm going to tell you how to do that next week. I'm just saying, I'm going to throw it out there. That, that's, that's just a teaser. So when you seek God, guess what? You find him. You ready for the second life point? When you find him or when you find God, you discover favor. Now get that. To really seek him with your life, with your time, with your attention. If you do that, you'll find God. And when you find him, you are always going to discover favor. Now, some people always want to find God and find wrath. And some people always want to find God and find judgment. And some people always want to find God and they want to find a heavy hand. But you will find the favor of God. If in finding God, you were only going to find wrath and judgment, guess what? You wouldn't be sitting here. You would be a pile of ashes by now. But God is a good God. Now, in this series, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that challenges never come. I'm not saying that rough times don't knock on the door. I'm not saying that you don't ever go through things. We go through things in life because this is a fallen world. But I want you to know that it might be a fallen world, but we serve a risen God. Amen? So you're going, when you find God, there's something that you will discover, and that is the favor of God. And you might be, you know, if you've been around here for a while, you, you get what I'm saying, but if you're a little bit newer, you haven't been here when we taught on the favor of God, because it does change everything. I want to explain or define to you what the Bible consistently tells us is the favor of God. So I, I've got some definitions, some thoughts, 
And these are all from Scripture. And, and you might be saying, I've never heard this. You've got to be kidding me. Now, this is what the Bible says. And once again, I'm not preaching. You won't have a challenge. Everything always goes perfect. I'm not preaching that. Uh, everything will go imperfect at times. But once again, we serve a perfect God for imperfect times. Amen. Amen. All right. So what is the favor of God? The favor of God is this, uh, this supernatural manifestation of God's generosity. It's God supernaturally manifesting his generosity and his goodness toward people who don't deserve it and can't pay him back for it. So when we, when we use the word favor, it's interchangeable with some other words. And one, one word that is, it's interchangeable with is the favor of God is just the goodness of God. When you, when you seek God and you find God, you're going to find a God who is a good God. I say that a lot in here because you need reminded of that because there's a lot of things in the world. There's a lot of things in our background. There's a lot of things in our religious thinking or our religious past that tells us otherwise. And I know I've said this, but I've been here long enough, I've sort of said it all. So um, you've heard all my stories, right? I'm working on a few new ones. But I remember in Bible school, now I, I transferred to Bible school. I, I, was, I was in two different schools before I got there. So I, I, I get there and and my classes were out of alignment by how I took these classes just because of transferring twice. And I get there and we, we have, um, we have uh, there's four different classes on theology. And I, I took them all out of order because no one told me. So, so if my theology is messed up, it, it's all backwards. That's why. But I'm sitting in this class and it was the most intimidating book I ever, ever saw. I should have brought it in here. It's about this thick. And theology is just the study of God. And, and, and so... Out of all that stuff that was in that book, predestination, end times, salvation, man, justification, sin, all of this stuff, here's my conclusion on theology. God is good. The devil is bad. <laughs> and if you can fixate your mind on that, I think you will do well. You don't have to know all that other stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying that's what it all comes down to. God is good. Devil is bad. When you can look at some areas of your life and, and there's some not so good areas, you have to attribute that to either some mistakes you've made or the influence of the enemy. But you've you got to be able to look at the other stuff and say, God is definitely good. He's definitely good. And the favor of God is just that. It's, it's God's supernatural generosity or his goodness given to people who don't deserve it and they can't ever pay him back for it. We could also say it this way, that uh, the favor of God is when a superior takes a specific liking to an inferior and does for them what they can't do for themselves and they could never pay him back for it. Let me say that again. When a superior takes a specific interest and liking in an inferior and does for them what they cannot do for themselves and could never pay him back for it, that is God pouring his favor out into your life and my life because we can't do certain things that God can do for us. We can't make certain things happen that God could open the doors in our life. Sometimes we could define the favor of God this way. The unearned, undeserved, and unmerited goodness of God. It's undeserved, it's unearned, it's unmerited but guess what? Remember what we read, the opening scripture? You're a child of God. And when you are a child of God, you now become the target of God's goodness. Thank you for your excitement. When you realize you're a child of God, 
you have special rights and privileges because you're a child of God. But, but Pastor, you don't know some of the things I've done. Do you think the things you're done, you have done, is greater than the goodness of God that could do something for someone who is not perfect? Are you kidding me? You could be better than you think you are, worse than you ever imagined that you were. That does not supersede the heart and the goodness of God. It is unmerited, it is unearned, and it is undeserved. So we can interchange the phrase goodness of God for the favor of God. You could also exchange it for one simple word, and it's grace. And grace is a gift. Favor is a gift from God. Given in the past, producing effect today. Actually, the opening scripture that we read, when we, we read the word favor, it actually means to be gracious or to give in grace. So the favor of God is just God's grace. It's just God's goodness. It's just God's gift to you. God's gift to me. Are y'all getting this? Now listen to this. You don't have to write this down, but this should make someone say amen. It should make you throw a hand up, do one of these, get your hanky out, go old school. If it's clean. <laughs> the favor of God means to be approved, endorsed, supported, to be given an advantage by God, to be privileged, to be regarded highly. You know what? All of those things were provided at salvation. He didn't just save you from hell. Little Greek word for salvation is the word sozo. It means what God, it means what God wants to do in your life is God wants to support you, aid you, prefer you, privilege you, give you advantage. Do you know as God's child, as one of God's kids, you have advantage walking on this earth. It's a fallen world, but you got advantage. Actually, Bible says you're not actually of it. You're just visiting for a season. But you've got advantage here. God will prefer you here. God will treat you highly here. That's what that phrase favor means. So it's the goodness of God. It's the grace of God. We could also look at it this way. This is how God manifests his promises in your life. Because if we're all honest, we don't really deserve the promises of God. Did y'all get that? We know that. We don't really, really deserve it. But the favor of God is not based on deserving. But see, you could live your whole life, never hear a message on the favor of God. You've only heard, God will get you. He's going to find you out and God's going to get you. God wants to get you all right. He wants to get you in line with his word and his favor and his mercy and his grace. Uh, I just want to throw this out there because people always say this. If you preach that, you will give people a license to sin. And I'll say it again. You don't need a license. You're pretty good at sinning without a license. What it will do is give you a license to understand that God loves you. It will bring you out of sin. It will break bondages of sin. No one ever condemned you out of sin. If I preach my best 
hellfire, brimstone, wrath of God message, it will probably not break that. But if I, the Bible says the goodness of God is, lead, is what leads people to what? Repent. It is so sad that in a series like this, I have to spend some of my energy just to convince you that God is actually for you and not against you. That God is actually not holding that against you, that Jesus took that on the cross. And if he took all of that on the cross, all of your shame, all of your guilt, all of your condemnation, he took it so God could pour out and manifest his goodness on your life. I will tell you that you will have a struggle being blessed in your resources if you don't get a, a revelation of favor. Right. You could struggle uh, experiencing a manifestation of healing in your body if you struggle with the topic of the favor of God. You may hear some people call it the fog. Have you ever looked out one morning and you go to drive to work and it's just you can't hardly see because you're just surrounded by this fog? What if you saw your life that way? I can't see past the fog on my life. I can't see past the favor of God on my life. So when you seek God, guess what? You find God. When you find God, guess what? You discover favor. And I feel like I have to tell you this because I sense this. Some people are saying, well, favor is for someone else, not for me. Or they have certain education. Or their family was better than mine. Or they come from the right side of the tracks or whatever those sayings are. Um, the moment you came to Jesus, you got on the right side of the tracks for the favor of God. John chapter 1. I'm going to read this from the amplified version because I just love how this pops. It's a little wordy. Check this out. For out of his fullness or his abundance, we have all received... Or we have all had a share and we are supplied with. Look at these words. The Amplified Bible amplifies the Greek here, which the Bible, the New Testament was written in. Out of God's abundance, that's where we receive. First of all, how many would agree with me? God has an abundant supply. You say, of what? Whatever you need. God has an abundant supply. There is no um, supply shortage. The goodness of God is not backed up somewhere in a bay on ships. I mean, we're really spoiled, spoiled in America, but how many, be honest with you, you've gone to the store lately and you just, I can't believe, where's this stuff at? You don't have to be like that with God. There is no supply chain shortage. Anyways. So we have all received, we have all had a share, and we are all supplied, look what it says, with one grace after another. Not just to get saved, but one grace after another. And spiritual blessings stacked on spiritual blessing. And favor stacked on favor and gift heaped on gift. That's an abundant God. He says, hey, here's what I have. I don't have a, a shortage of grace. I don't have a shortage of favor. I don't have a shortage of spiritual blessing. I, I have an abundant supply that I want to stack one after the other on your life. <laughs> favor stacked on favor. Goodness stacked on goodness. Grace stacked on grace. A promise manifested stacked on the other promise. Stacked on the other promise. Stacked abundance. 
I know we know God's all that, but that scripture helps us be confident that guess what? God's all that. Now, that doesn't mean life goes perfect. Doesn't mean some things didn't rock our world at times. Doesn't mean we didn't mess some things up. Doesn't mean the devil didn't win a few little battles. But I am telling you, you've got to believe that God's good. It changes your theology. It'll change your life in such a course that no matter what comes against you, God will get you through. He'll actually prevent some things from coming your way when you understand the goodness of God. Favor stacked on favor. What, what, what does that look like? I think I have a slide for you. Is there a slide with? Yeah, look at this. Favor stacked on favor. Look what grace does. Remember grace is, the Greek word is charis or charis. It means a gift that a superior gives an inferior without expecting anything in return that you didn't deserve because God's good, he manifests. Grace will abundantly supply favor in your life. He will abundantly supply favor favor in your life. Can I say something to just make your brain hurt for a moment? Listen to this. God's goodness, or let me put it this way, your goodness is not a prerequisite for God's goodness. I'm going back over here. Somebody amened over here. My goodness is not a prerequisite for God's goodness. It's not an excuse not to be good, but I'm just saying, that's, if that's the prerequisite, this dude's in trouble. You are too. Don't look at me so spiritual this morning. <laughs> His goodness, not my goodness. So we can say it this way. My goodness is not a prerequisite, prerequisite for God's advantage or God's preference or God's unprecedented victory. I'll get into this in the series, but one of the things the favor of God does is produce unprecedented victories in your life. How many, how many have heard this in the last few years? We are in unprecedented times. We also serve a God of unprecedented victories. I want you to know the favor of God is not restrained by the national economy or what party is in charge, or who's behind the desk in the Oval Office, or who owns the media. I thought you would smile when you heard that. <laughs> the goodness of God. The only prerequisite for goodness of God is understanding by revelation, God's a good. He said, I'll stack favor on favor. Grace abundantly supplies you with favor, and it also surrounds you with favor. That's what Psalm said. It's like a shield. It's like a shield. He will surround me as like with a shield of what? Favor. Check this out. He will surround me with a shield of favor. That's what it means. I'm surrounded by the fog. When you go where you're going, I have a shield of favor around me. That's protection. A shield of favor around me. That's supply. I have a shield of favor. It, if, it, if it surrounds me, it goes before me. Do you know whatever your next phase and season is, you don't have to be wigged out by why. God's already been in it, and the favor of God goes before you. It will rearrange some things. It will change some things. It will alter some things. It will move some stuff around. It also goes with you. 
You know how many times I've talked to people for, from, from our church and, and God has just promoted them into some positions and they're like, I have no training for this. I shouldn't be given this position, but they put me in it and they were a little nervous. I said, if favor opened the door, favor will go with you. And favor follows you. Favor follows you. It just follows you. What's that mean? Well, you can look at it and say, but look at God's favor on the life. God opened that door. God did this. They're not that awesome. It had to be the favor of God. You can say things about you. It's just favor. It follows me. It's recognizable on our lives. And grace not only supplies and surrounds us abundantly, it just saturates our life. Now think about it. You can expect this. If you are, uh, any believers here? You know, what, you know what believers do? They believe. You just said you're a believer, then you need to believe that grace, don't think, well, that's for someone else. No, grace. And don't anticipate favor on your life by the void of favor in your, in your yesterday. Or if something didn't go right or something didn't go wrong, don't, don't make that the prerequisite for what God could do tomorrow. You keep believing. You keep opening your heart to revelation about favor. But it will saturate your life. It will saturate your life. It will bring increase. This is, you got to hear this. This is what this absolutely means. Y'all ready for this? He will abundantly multiply, increase, exceed measure, go above the ordinary, provide generously for you to possess favor in excess. Excess. God's a God of excess. There's nothing missing on his shelves. Y'all getting this in your heart? First Timothy. Isn't this good? First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 14. I was flooded with such incredible grace. It was like a river that overflowed its banks until I was full of what? Faith and love for Jesus. Isn't that a cool verse? Man, the great, it just flooded the banks of my life until I was full of faith and love for God. Anyone ever feel like that? Man, the goodness of God, it just overflowed. So I just, I, I just got full of faith. I got full of love for Jesus because of grace that flooded the banks. Last life point about the land this plain this morning. So when you seek God, you find God. When you find God, you find favor. You discover favor. When you discover favor, you ignite faith. You ignite faith. Now listen to me. I'm preaching to you that God's a, God, a good God. I'm preaching to you about the goodness of God. I'm preaching to you about the favor of God. I'm preaching to you that it's unearned, it's unmerited, it's undeserved. I'm preaching to you about the goodness of God. What the goodness of God, what the message of favor does is it ignites faith in your heart. It ignites faith in your spirit. It ignites faith in you. Does it not? When you hear God's good, it should move you to faith. It should stir your faith. When you come and you hear about the goodness of because a lot of times we, 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 we used to come to church for our spanking. Be back next week for, for, for my next one. Some of you should have been there every day. Just joking, just joking. 
that's not our God. It's not our God. I'm not saying he doesn't ever have to correct or discipline us, but he does that with the word of God. But when you hear about the favor of God, it should ignite faith in you. I'll explain this a little more next week, but I have said this before, so let me say it. I'll give you a one-line explanation. I'll build on this next week. God loves everybody the same, but he favors people differently. Now don't leave on that one. Hear me out. God loves everybody the same, but he favors us differently. So that doesn't sound fair. Do you know what determines how we're favored or not? Our faith. Because God honors faith. God responds to faith. Doesn't mean he loves someone, he wants better for someone. It's just our faith that puts a draw on the favor of God will cause some manifestations in our life of the goodness of God that someone may not have manifest because they didn't put faith to it. So it doesn't mean he wants different than someone else. He loves us the same. He wants to favor us all the same. But those who have faith stirred up for them. So you see why I said that it's not fair that some of you weren't taught this? It's okay to get mad for a second. Then you got to get over it. So Because you're hearing it this morning. I'm glad you came today, making me feel good. Romans chapter 5, two verses, and then we'll wrap this up. Therefore, since uh, we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given right standing with God. Now, there's a, there's a mouthful. This is you. You have been justified, and you have been acquitted. You have been declared righteous, and you have been given right standing with God. Through what? Through faith. So if faith, how many agree with that? We're righteous because of faith. We're justified because of faith. We're forgiven because of faith. We're in right standing because we put our faith in God's work. Amen. Well, let's read on. So let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold on and to enjoy peace with God through Jesus. Right? We all agree that. We have, because we put faith in what Jesus done, we are at peace with Jesus. Verse 2. Verse, 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 verse 2. Well, it is true. Verse 2. Blah, 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 blah. Verse 2, through him also, right? So this is the add-on. Through him also, we have our access, our entrance. We have been introduced by faith into what? Our faith in his saving power just, blah, 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 I'm talking in tongues up here. It doesn't just save us, but it actually introduces us into the grace of God which is the state of his favor in which we firmly and safely want. Stand. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying all the glory of God. Did you get that verse? Faith brings you into salvation and faith brings you into the ongoing, unending, unmerited, undeserved goodness of God. If the grace of God is a gift, faith is what unwraps the gift. Have you all ever been at Christmas and there was a present for your child under the tree and it was wrapped beautiful, had a big bow on it, it was very enticing, and you set it under the tree and your child was like, oh no, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't, father, I couldn't, mother. 
What would you do? You would drug test your child right then, right? Now, your child would approach that gift, unwrap it, embrace it, be excited about it. If the favor of God is a gift in your life, don't be like, oh, no, Father, I don't deserve it. Oh, Father, if you only knew. He does know. He does know. And he is still good. He is still good. Every promise from God is received by what? Faith. Salvation received by? Blessing. Prosperity received by? Healing received by? Peace received by? Joy received by? Favor received by? Faith. But you can't have faith in something you never get any revelation on. You can't give, get revelation on anything that a spokesman or a spokeswoman does not declare before you. So I'm declaring today that you are a target of the goodness of God. Faith puts you in favor with God. And when you are in, you used to be an enemy, but now you are in favor with God. So now you become a partaker, a recipient of the goodness of God. You should anticipate. You should expect goodness. You should be on the edge of your seat waiting for God to do something good, for, for, for God to, to bless, for God to turn things around, for God to make you a, 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 used to be a chump, but he turns you into a champion. He'll take the opposition and make you an overcomer. He'll take the mess and do a miracle. He'll take the test and, and give you a testimony. Wow. If God could only change our stinking thinking, if he could only change it, that's what the Bible said, every day we need to have our mind remodeled, renovated, and renewed so we can prove out the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. What's the will of God? For your life to be favored by the heavy hand of the goodness of God, the generosity of God, uh, of God on your life. Finding favor. Favor changes everything. When you seek God, you find God. When you find God, you discover what? Favor. And when you discover favor, it will ignite faith. I'm going to build on that next week. I want to talk next week how we become favor-minded. Because it doesn't just happen because you got saved. But what I want to do in each one of these weeks is do a mini interview. I'm going to ask Jimmy to join me for, for just a second. Um, this is Jimmy. He's our, our business operator here at the church. A lot of you guys know him. If you don't know him, he's out there in the parking lot when you pull in going. That, that's him. You didn't notice him without the vest. So I, I, I want to um, ask you a couple questions. So here, here's the first question. So um, you've been a part of LifePoint for a while. You were here when we inherited you. We didn't have an option. You were just here when we got here. Um, so you've been around for a bit. And uh, when we first started teaching about the favor of God, how did it challenge some of the religion that you had? Well, it challenged a lot because I grew up in a religious background, like um, I grew up in a place where we barely got by. We had a poverty mindset. And like, even though God was good, like, I was never taught that. So I couldn't live in that way. I could only live with how, how I was raised and how I was brought up. And, and it was, I struggled with it. Like, but at the same time, like, 
it sounded too good to be true, but obviously it's not, you know? Um, Cause like I started learning about the favor. I remember the first, the first time I ever heard about it was in 2010. We talked about walking in the fog, walking in the favor of God. And I've never forgot that. Um, and, and to just know it's the goodness of God. I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to accept. Just mm. like accepting Christ. Yeah. Mm. You know, I was mm. saved going to heaven, but the curse was still working in my life. Mm. Mm. I, I was still living under the curse. I was still living under poverty. Wow. My thinking was that way. I lived at a smaller level than what God had for me. And I barely got by. Mm. I barely had enough money to pay the bills. Always tied because I was spiritual. You know, um, and I believe God honored my obedience, but, but like I was able to pay all my bills, but like I didn't have anything extra. You didn't have an expectancy either. No, yeah. and I wasn't expecting nothing. <clears throat> I was just glad all the bills got paid. Um, and, and I thought I was blessed, mm. but now I'm over blessed. Mm. <clears throat> so you, you were telling me one day that in 2018, uh, you and your wife, Shelly, really felt like um, or you, had a, you guys had a desire for a new home for your family, but you recognized for that to manifest, you really had to start renewing your mind. Can you, can you expound on that? Yeah. I learned something in one of the classes that we had. We had a program, uh, and we had AMP students, which is people wanting to go, go into ministry of some sort. We had a program and, and we were doing a training and I learned something like how you uh, believe is, is gonna affect how you live. And, and how, what, whatever you think about is, is gonna be like the direction that your life is going in. So like I was thinking small, I was thinking down and out, I was thinking barely get by. But I began to shift that, those things, and I'm like, I could really have something better, you know? Um, and then how I believe, like, today affects what I'm going to have six months from now. You know what I mean? That's where I begin to apply it, like. And then I begin to see the little things happen. Hey, hey, God moved there, you know? Um, and then, obviously, greater things have happened since then. But like I started renewing my mind with the word of God and, and thinking what the word says and not what I was taught. And it truly is the goodness of God. It truly has changed my whole life. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know you and Shelly were believing that 2022 was going to be the year that you got a new house. Mm -hmm. And God manifested that, what, about a month ago? He did. Yeah, so he manifested that. It was a that. month yesterday. <laughs> So how, how did the favor of God work on your behalf? Because it felt like every time you guys were moved in one direction, things happened. We hit a lot of walls along the way. Like we had three different buyers for our house at different times where financing had fell through for somebody or somebody lost their job, you know, um, just different things. But like it started everything all over again. It was like a process and we had a determined a determination that we were going to move before school started this year. I'm a school bus driver, if everybody doesn't know. So, like, I'm like, 
I can't imagine like buying a house in the middle of school. Um, so my expectation was I'm going to move before school. And then the other thing is we didn't want to just buy a house. I went to God and, and I said, I want an Ephesians 3.20 moment. I want God to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask, think, dream, or even imagine. And he started to like give me hope for something bigger. And we signed a contract on one house. It was good. I mean, it was a nice house and stuff, but it was in a, it was kind of still in a rough neighborhood. It had a decapitated house beside it. And, and it was only three bedroom, but we had the place where we could make it a four. And so we signed a contract on it and things are moving along. And all of a sudden it gets sold out from underneath of us. Now we could have been down and out. We could have been like, what do we do? But we're like, we're not backing up. And we're, we're gonna continue to move forward. And we're gonna, we're gonna look for another house. And God gave us another house. And we started, started like um, doing all the things you do, you know, the inspections and all those things. Well, in that process, like there was a time that, you know, things weren't looking so good on, with one of our buyers. Um, they're like, do you want to stop on your inspections? Absolutely not. We're buying this house by faith. And, and you know, it's the evidence of things not seen. And it's our hope and it's our dream. So we, we just put our expectations there. And really, we wanted a four-bedroom home. That was our thing. Because, like, I have three daughters, and um, they need their space. Mm. <laughs> and the best thing about my home is my wife has called me multiple times. Where are you? And I'm like, come find me, you know? <laughs> But it is just so good to be able to get lost in your house. <laughs> I want to tell you, my bedroom, my bedroom is the size of my living room and my bedroom in the other house. And I just thank God for that. But the point to everything is he has been so good and he's exceeded our expectations. We made proceeds on the other house where we're able to remodel our house. So I'm in a remodeling phase right now. So I move in, school starts, and I remodel. Because you guys moved in like a couple days before school started. Three days before <laughs> school started. But my expectations were met. Mm -hmm. uh, so like things got delayed by about three weeks. And like nine days to closing, we get this report, there's multiple liens on this house. And you know what? It looked impossible. We had a guy signed up to stretch carpet, and we had a, somebody coming to help us clean carpets and, and all of these things. And um, our realtor tells us, like, I would cancel those appointments. And we did reschedule them but like, we're not gonna camp there because I got too much invested, you know, to, to give up now. So what, we did something. 
we, uh, we spoke to the mountain, me and my wife. We shouted, grace, grace. And you know what? If God brings you to somewhere, he's going to provide for everything that you need. He's not going to give you out there on a limb and, and not give you the resources that you need or the ability that you need. He's always going to be there. And that's his grace. That's his favor. And I walk in it every day. I expect it. I have it with God, and I have it with man. And you can too. You have to renew your thinking. You have to think right to live right. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's why I was living wrong. I was thinking wrong. Mm. So if you think wrong, you live wrong. <laughs> if you think right, you will live right. Isn't that an awesome story? I even know you guys got it way under the price and different things, right? What's that? Didn't you get it under the price? We did. We got it 25000 below listing price. Mm-hmm. In today's market. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I, I, why don't we stand to our feet? I, I wanted Jimmy to share, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll share some stories each, each week with you in, in this series. And if you have some good favor stories, please send them to us so we can use them. But I, I want to say this, and we're going to close with a song, that what God did for Jimmy and Shelly, God wants to do the same thing in your life. And what he said was, I had to get my stinking thinking rearranged. So what I'd like to do during this song is, as we worship, maybe if you've had the wrong mentality on some things, you just need to say, God, I'm sorry I didn't know, or I'm sorry that I let my thinking um, be distorted about you. And then I want you to think in your life, God, what area do you want to believe God for, for his favor to shift things and show up just like he did for Jimmy? It could be a house, could be in your business, could be whatever it might be. As we worship, I want to worship this morning, just honoring God, but, but with a faith, with a favor thing out there. Get it on the forefront of your heart as we worship. And just, I believe this is a moment as we go forward in this series, God, I'm believing for your favor in this area. And I believe so much so, I'm going to worship with an expectation this morning. Can we do that together? Can we do that?